page one, we're at the beginning, which oddly enough is the word Genesis, right? Then God said, page one, if you're looking for it, this thing, you don't have to be afraid of it. Page one, then God said, let us make man, Hebrew word, hadam, okay, in our image, after our likeness. And let him have dominion. Dominion's not the best translation. Actually, a better translation would be like a manager or a steward. Like if you own something and you want someone else to take care of that something that you own, that's the word that you would want to use. You're like, well, I want to entrust this to your care. I want you to be a steward. I want you to be a manager, etc. Let him have dominion, be a steward, be a manager over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, over all earth, and creepy things that creeps on the earth. So... God created Hadam in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Amago Dei, fancy word, right? Image of God. It's probably not appearance, right? It's probably not your hair or, or your height or your haft, right? When we say the image of God, we think, okay, we think of the thing that you see, right? The thing that you see when you see in a mirror, right? And so you look at something like this, you might grab a mirror, and you might say to yourself, what do I see? I'm not, I'm not sure that's the image of God. Like, that's the image of John, this hairline thing's going on. Ouch! I just about swore I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, a vulgarity. I wouldn't. I have a sliver in my hand. I wouldn't have a needle. Do we have a first aid? Is there a doctor in the house? Forget it. I'm a doctor. What do you see, right? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? You see yourself. Maybe you see reflections. But, but we see, right? We see the things that we see, right? But that's not the image of God, okay? It's not our hair. It's not our height. It's not our heft. It is the image of God is deeper than that, right? And the reason why we know that is because Jesus said God is spirit. So God doesn't have a physical form unless he takes a physical form like a burning bush or something like that, in which case you don't see a burning bush, right, reflected, right? So the image of God, what does that mean? We're created in the image of God. Looking deeply, what do you see? I just want to make sure that doesn't tip over. It's breaking a mirror is bad luck if you believe in that sort of thing. Well, part of the image of God is reflected when you look into the mirror tomorrow morning when you go for a shave or brush your teeth or gargle with whatever you gargle with. Well, part of the image of God is reflected because it's not physical. It's not. It's spiritual, it's mental, it's emotional. When you look into the mirror, can you see your soul? When you look into the mirror, do you see someone who is compassionate, who is gracious, who is kind? Someone who exemplifies the fruit of the Spirit. These things, right, are the image of God. They're reflective of who God is. And this is key, right? And we've talked about this before, because often we will look in the mirror and we won't like what we see. 
because we don't like the person in the mirror. But imago Dei means, and this is key, please, no matter what you or I ever do, even in our darkest moments, even when we are part of someone else's nightmare, we never lose the image of God. Even if you look into the mirror and you see someone who's too skinny or, 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 or too fat or, or someone whose hair is going away or someone who's disheveled or someone who has at the end of your rope, right? Even when you're part of someone else's nightmare, you never lose sight of the image of God. Now that doesn't mean we don't lose sight of the image of God in us. That, that's a pretty easy thing for us to do. It, it, it's easy to doubt that we are created in God's image. It's easy to doubt to look at all of the evidence that around us and not think highly of ourselves. Now, don't think too highly of ourselves, right? But please, even in your darkest moments, even when you're a part of someone else's nightmare, never lose the reality that you never lose the image of God that you are always worth redemption, that, that you are always worth the activity of God in your life. So God created Hadam, humans, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. And then it was the papaya. Two chapters later, I'm bleeding all over the place. This is great preaching. It's a contact sport. <laughs> now the spirit, serpent was more crafty than all the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the papaya? And the woman said to the spirit, we may eat of all of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat the papaya. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. God knows when you eat the papaya, your eyes will be opened. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was to be desired and to make one wise, she took the papaya and she ate it. The old papaya, right? This devastatingly small act, which was incited by this smaller mental decision. It's amazing how often that happens, right? Right? A, a, a stupid behavior finds its genesis in stupid thinking. The old papaya, this devastatingly small act, creating a ripple through the cosmos for a long, long, long time. Until the end of the temporal? Yeah. Until the end of this present age? Without question. Until the end of the influence of Satan? Yes. The old papaya. This radiating and coloring decision hitting everything that it encounters. It was a few weeks ago, and I wasn't invited, um, it was similar to, uh, to the uh, girls' trip to, um, actually, I don't have a sliver. I just cut it open. Isn't that cool? Can you get a close-up of this? <laughs> I don't think I need stitches. I just said that for dramatic effect. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I wasn't invited. Like the time I wasn't invited to the girls' trip to Hawaii. But Grandpa crashed that one. It was Barbie. Tanya and Anna went. 
couple weeks after that, Tanya's like, hey, would you like to watch this? And I'm like, yes. I said, I would like to watch it. And truth be told, I would like to watch it again, right? Only this time, I would like to pause it at every inflection point and ask Tanya, okay, what exactly is going on here from your perspective? I've just found the movie to be, well, the movie made me laugh. Uh, the movie made me mad. The movie made me cry. One scene that needed no explanation, right? Barbie is in the real world, and she realizes everything has changed, like in a split second. That, that the world is seemingly against her, the male gaze now devastatingly supercilious, subtly adversarial, almost violent, certainly objectifying. She finds herself in this nightmare, right? Where everything has changed in the blink of an eye. That's kind of what's going on here, right? But this is a different scenario. This isn't someone else's nightmare that one is entering. This is your nightmare that you're creating. This is biting the papaya. It tasting wild and exotic. I got aid and first aid towards me. The, 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 the papaya, right? And the juice running down your face and then you share it with a friend and, and then you realize for the first time in your life that you're feeling nauseous. And in that exact moment, you realize that you know what nauseous means and your body is desperate to get rid of the betrayal, right? The betrayal brought on by self and you vomit, okay? And that tasty fruit is now mixed with hydrochloric acid and it burns all the way up. The taste is heavy and lingering. And then another realization. You go to quickly cover yourself. And then you look to blame. The snake in the grass, the woman, the tree, the papaya, anything besides self. And with that one piece of fruit, boom, this radiating act spawning every form of denial and defiance and death violence and evil. And in less than one chapter, your oldest son will murder your youngest son. All because of one bite. Paul describes it like this. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin... And so death spread to all men because all sinned. A few verses earlier, Paul writes this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul is strong in Romans. And some people don't like that. I get that. If you want, put Paul on pause. I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek right now without being tongue-in-cheek because it's really hard to talk with your tongue in your cheek because you bite it and that really, really hurts. But let's put Paul on pause. Let's just look at Jesus, right? Jesus, what does his name mean? It means salvation. What did he come to do? Save people from their sins. Jesus' own words in John 3, 19 and 12, 44, Jesus' own words are basically shorthand, you, me, us, we got a sin problem. You got a sin problem, Jesus says. 
You like the dark, and I am light, and I am the solution. And Jesus isn't saying that we don't have value. No, see above, we do have value. We're created in the image of God, but we've got a problem. We have a fatal flaw. And here's where we turn to Uncle Dallas, because in discussing this fatal flaw, okay, the theologians use this word called total depravity, okay? And to be sure, I know what a theologian means when they say total depravity, but when I hear total depravity, I think depraved and indifferent. I think Pol Pot, I think Bloody Mary, I think Hitler, I think uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, I think BTK Killer, okay? And I think I'm not like any of those people, which is true, I'm not. And so you can see the rub, right? It's easy for me to say, total depravity. Well, that's that person over there who's really, really bad. That's the dude in the largest country in the world who's like pulling the strings and shooting people out of the air, right? That's that guy. But that's not me. So really, I don't really need this. I'm not like that. And this word or phrase, total depravity, comes with this baggage. And I'm going to need you to listen really closely because I really don't want to get misquoted on this one. Please don't walk out of here and say something that I didn't say. When I hear total depravity, I hear depraved and indifferent. And I think I'm not depraved and indifferent. And even if you take Jesus' definition of murder, I'm still really not that bad. Which is true. We're not that bad. And so here's where we turn to Uncle Dallas. Dallas Willard was once asked if he believed in total depravity. He responded, I believe in sufficient depravity. He was asked, what's that? He said, I believe that every human being is sufficiently depraved that when we get to heaven, no one will be able to say, I merited this. Sufficient depravity means that even though I'm not the leader of the Third Reich, I cannot save myself. That even though I'm created in the image of God and I have a lot of good stuff going on inside of me, I need a Savior. I, I can't save myself. You, you can't save yourself. You need a Savior. And, and no, you're not the worst example of a human being who has ever lived. No, you're a good person. Being a good person doesn't save you. But Paul describes the hope that we have, right? Right after he says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all humans because all sinned, we all are affected by the fatal flaw. We have verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, one bite 
So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. At Timberwood Church, we believe that we are created in the image of God, that we sinned and thereby incurred not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God, and that all human beings are born with a sinful nature and become guilty sinners in thought, word, and deed. Please pray with me. Father, the reality of our condition is one that we must, with sober judgment, realize. Thank you for creating us in your image. Allow us to be honest with the reality of the fatal flaw that we all possess. And allow us to go to the one who is our solution. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. In a few moments, Eric is going to provide thought and leadership, directing us to the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives, the authority that is found in Christ, right? That's who we continually point our lives towards, the authority that Jesus Christ has in our lives. There will be a time of, of silence, a time in which we can examine. There will be a corporate prayer asking for forgiveness. The words will be on the screen. You can say them out loud or you can say them to yourself. The words find their basis in the greatest commandment in which Jesus said to love God and to love neighbor as self. And then Eric will act as Jesus commanded in John 20, 23, and tell you about the forgiveness of sins and that we can participate in the Lord's Supper. Mechanically, if this is your first time at Timberwood Church, you don't need to be a member to participate in the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion or the Eucharist. You might call it different things depending upon your faith tradition. We'll have six stations today, and we ask that you use aisles two and four to move forward. And then aisles one, three, and five to move back. That'll avoid any front-end collisions. As you come forward, come with your hand like this, and we will put a piece of bread dipped in juice in your hand. If you would rather serve yourself, simply walk up with your hands at the side. I want you to feel the weight of the bread. I want you to feel the liquid. I, I imagine Jesus taking a piece of bread and, and giving it to his followers. Then there will be this period of silence and the band will build and the vocals will enter and we'll end with this song entitled Overcome, which is the statement of intent, right? Of, of belief and embracing the solution to the fatal flaw because of Jesus Christ. Peace to you today. Oh, yes, one more thing. If you are unable to move forward, simply raise your hand and one of our ushers will serve you to facilitate that. Lee. We invite you to please stand.